1: is going on Rotoground here is Dean here back at you. another edition NFL pick six show uh week 16 we're at the quarter poll coming down the line down the wire uh talking to NFL DFS there's still some money to be made I know lots of people out there maybe myself possibly tilting some NBA basketball at started this Wednesday night and who knows maybe you're listening to this on Thursday and that's probably a silly thing to say and maybe I came back and won we don't know maybe you guys did uh did as well Forget basketball. We're talking about NFL NFL pick six show two of the best minds in all of fantasy football batting first leading off Richa uh, festive. Is it what do we sell? Is this a festivist? Is this Christmas? Is this all encompassing? What's going on, dude?
2: Uh yeah, we we do tr- traditional christmas around these parts. Uh so uh yeah, you know, the kids are all excited. Everyone's been home from school all week. It's been a a, a grinding week, you know, week 16 of getting this content out with everyone, you know, kind of home, but we're making it happen. Uh excited that there's only kind of one like weird week left and this is a weird week in itself with the one Friday game, the three Saturday games, and then the Sunday slate uh which seems to be gutted by all good plays. <laughs>
1: I'd be the first person to say that Week 17 is an information slate. Am I first? It's An information slate. I don't know that's the thing that everybody says on Week 17 because you know that's just kind of what we do in the industry. Hey, uh, John, uh, how about yourself? Any? I have many airing agreements Apparently, clearly stocked up. <laughs> I apologize for derailing the show. Let's keep it on task. Let's let's stay in my lane. John Daigle from Roto World uh, Football. Are we excited as far as, far as Week 16. How how are the season long streets going? How's the DFS streets going for you?
3: I'm in the finals of the Roto-World Friends and Family League that actually Reeves is in as well. Uh, It seems like a lot of people just punted that league this year because it was so crazy. Uh, Season-long this year was not the best idea to try to tackle 10-plus leagues as we normally do in the industry. But, yeah, everything's going well. Um, If you had not already attacked Amazon to send gifts even two days, (laughs) you can't do that anymore because I tried it this morning. So you're kind of (laughs) just SOL right now. But uh, a lot of things out of the way right now. Yeah, it's good. Uh, A winter coming in as well. I played winter golf this morning, which in Texas is 60 degrees still here, but a cold front coming in tomorrow. So
1: it's going to get slightly worse for the holidays, but yeah, everything going well. Glad to hear that. Uh, The formula, a little bit different. You mentioned it's kind of a funky week, a little bit different this week. We're going to touch on the three game Saturday slate. Of course, that's Tampa, Detroit, San Fran at Arizona, Miami versus Vegas. And then uh, we focus on two games, two games instead of three, because we can't go forever. Two games in the main slate. We're going to talk about Atlanta, KC, Philadelphia, Dallas. Then we're going to bring it all back and talk about specifically the main slate. Uh, you know, what quarterbacks we may have missed as far as, you know, that didn't hit in the main games, what running backs, what receivers and uh, what tight ends. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of those for sure. Uh, we don't talk about Buffalo, New England, Tennessee, uh, Green Bay's getting thrown out in the Thursday game. Uh, Minnesota, could, have used, could be used green bay tennessee on this on the main oh slate. baby oh yeah. that would have oh, been shoot. lovely what you know come on flex it back in or is that, that flex out or i don't want to know that they can only flex sunday night is that what's going on <laughs> it's the best game of the entire week and we don't even get to it this week yeah that's a bummer but showdown slate it's gonna be showdown season that'll be good times for sure. chase any sort of losings if you happen to lose in the off chance you happen to lose <laughs> you can chase that on monday night that'll be good times for sure uh, all right, so Rick, set the table as far as, uh, you know, the Saturdays, like the three-gamer, Tampa, Detroit, San Fran, Arizona, Miami, Vegas, biggest team total, one of the biggest team totals on the board as far as the entire week, Tampa Bay. At Detroit, uh, is that the first place we're starting? Are we starting with, when we going back to Leonard Fournette, is like that one of the key pieces because he's still cheap and it's probably still his backfield and, you know, we live with normal with a salary cap, so I guess Fournette is one of our quote-unquote least cash pieces. You know, we were
2: robbed of the three-game Thanksgiving slate uh, due to COVID. Like many things this year, COVID touched and ruined it. But we do have, you know, this three-game slate. Next week, we have a three-game slate. and the first week of the playoffs, we'll have two separate three-game slates because of the extra you know playoff game this year in the first round so we do have a lot of these mini you know if everyone always loves thanksgiving it's like their favorite slate of the year but so we're gonna have a slew of these in, a, in a, like a bunch of weeks in a row but yeah when you look at this game especially if it would have been in the main slate we would have probably talked about it given its total um the lions are just are, they are just bleeding out at the end of the season you know they you know have, they you know fired their head coach already this defense is just a train wreck they were, are currently right now Now allowing the most non uh, passing fantasy points per game to the opposition, 87.1 PPR points, to divvy up uh, to opponents per game. Uh, The opponents are scoring a touchdown on 78% of their scoring plays against Detroit. That's the highest rate in the league. So not only it's, it's not a bend, but don't break situation. It's a all pass, go click $200 right to the end zone type (laughs) of defense. And we've got this Buccaneers team. When you look at this slate, Everyone is expensive. And so it's like really hard if this is a game you want to circle and say, yeah, I'm just going to load up on Buccaneers. It is very hard uh, to do. Uh, obviously, the guy that sticks out the most is like people are going to be drawn to is Leonard Fournette. Uh, you know, he kind of got the back door to his way and the two one-yard touchdowns, guys getting tackled at the one-yard line, he comes and cleanups the mess. But it was, a, a you know, a stingy Atlanta defense that we've talked about multiple times on the show and we'll probably talk about at some point during this show that has been good against opposing backfields, good against the run. So, I mean, for him to even suck out those two one-yard touchdowns was a positive. Now he gets a Detroit team that is allowing the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL. They've allowed 25 touchdowns to running backs, which is the most in the NFL. Uh, So green light, again, for old Uncle Lenny. But the passing game, I think, is more interesting because – it's like the Rubik's Cube. We don't know who to like ever play, but Tom Brady has been hot. It wasn't hot in the first half last week, but think about it. He threw for 390 yards, 20-plus fantasy points, had two guys tackled at the one-yard line. That game could have been monstrous for Tom Brady. He's now thrown multiple passing touchdowns in five straight. He's over eight yards per pass attempt in his past three, and not only is Detroit terrible against the run, they're completely horrendous against the pass, 31 in pass 31st in uh, passing points allowed per pass attempt. Uh, they've allowed – uh, three or more passing touchdowns in five of their past seven games. If you had Ryan Tannehill last week, you enjoyed the slew of fantasy points that you got. Um, and then we just have to sort out who we want to play with them. But the Buccaneers are in a great spot to hit that high implied team total they have of over 30 points.
1: Can I ask, while well, you mentioned Brady, uh, is he in the – so people talk about Mitch Trubisky, like roster him and just don't watch. And, like, it's normally going to be okay. Is Brady in that zone now?
2: <laughs> I mean, this offense seems to go through definitely peaks and valleys and, you know, we, they just look awful at times. And then there's times where they look like they're, you know, a complete
1: juggernaut. Uh, I am very excited to see what we get from them in the postseason. All right. What do you have for me there, Daigle? as far as the bucks, you know, uh, yeah, they're pricey. Oh, Dagle's, uh, he's disappeared on us apparently. So Rich, I'm going to stay with you. How about that by default? Mm-hmm. Let's uh, light it up. <laughs> let me know when Dagle comes back, when he's good to go. Um, yeah, do we run it back as far as the other side? As far as Detroit, I assume Stafford's going to give it a go. Once again, he's a tough dude. By the way, you, I'm sure you saw it, that ridiculous no-look pass oh, last yeah. week. I didn't see it live. Like, I didn't see it on Red Zone, but I saw it on Monday. And I'm like, that was – like, Mahomes like. That was an incredible – and the, the needle he threaded and not even looking – is that, that's, that's, that skill. Right. I think that's skill. that skill. <laughs> yeah. I
2: mean, listen, Matthew Stafford's a, you know, a pretty solid quarterback, man. Right? He's had a really, you know, nice career and a lot of bad teams, but I mean, it, obviously Matthew Stafford can play. There's a reason he was drafted first overall uh, and has lasted this long in the NFL. And, got, and And honestly, I think when he retires at his point of retirement, not there'll be more people that will retire after him, but I think he'll retire the richest quarterback basically in NFL, you know, history at the time he wow. retires. You know you look at the, the salaries he's gotten, you know, up into this point and how long he's played, I, I think he'll retire because career earnings are going to be up there for sure. But yeah, we can run it back here. I mean, this we've talked about this Bucks passing defense a few times uh on the show that since they're by or since stopping Aaron Rodgers uh in that week six game, I mean, they really have been kind of giving. I mean, after allowing seven passing touchdowns through six games, they've allowed 20. Passing touchdowns over the past eight games, multiple passing touchdowns in seven of the past eight. Um, on DraftKings, I know the 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 chat's going to come get us to bring up DraftKings, but oh, Marvin boy. Jones is forty nine hundred on DraftKings, like. For his volume and, like, upside, that's way too cheap. I know there's a lot of volatility there. If you just look at his game log, he it's the Marvin Jones, you know, roller coaster. He's wide receiver 35, wide receiver 5, wide receiver 50, wide receiver 3. But those weeks when he hits, I mean, he drops, you know, haymakers. And he's got 24% of the team targets since Kenny Galladay last exit in week 9. He's got over 20% of the team targets in four straight. You can hit big plays on this Bucks defense. Uh, And then even against tight ends, they've allowed some production. I mean, they're allowing a 72.6% catch rate to tight ends. That's 28th in the NFL, five and a half receptions per game. That's 27th. Uh, It's a good bounce back spot probably for TJ Hawkinson. Stafford himself was just a little hard to trust. You know, he didn't even make it through the game though. Uh, Mm -hmm. So just if we get a full run with Stafford, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple options to run it back with here for sure on the Detroit side, if you want to.
1: Yeah, and again, worth mentioning if you guys are watching this on a replay, this is Wednesday night. We're dealing with Wednesday night information. Things change. We're talking about a Saturday slate. So I ran my hundred optimal. I, I ran a hundred quote unquote optimal lineups uh, through our runner's Lineup HQ tool. Uh, what percent of Marvin Jones landed in the the uh, hundred optimal lineups on draft
2: for DraftKings scoring or DraftKings Fandles? specific? Uh, I would say like eighty percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, Every
1: he's forty nine hundred. I
2: mean, it's, it's, it's the price doesn't really make a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. And, uh, Leonard Fournette, but like 92%, what can go wrong? Uh, you mentioned right. Hawkinson. It's basically Hawkinson or Waller. You have the money for either one of them. Do you have a preference as far as Hawkinson, uh, versus Waller? We haven't talked about Waller just yet The match up there. I believe first time at two Hawaiian, uh, born quarterbacks, right? Mariota and, and two ago. looks
2: like Carr's going to play now. He oh really? Did full. I miss that? Carr practiced in full today. Uh, You know, when your backup plays really well, you you know, your groin starts feeling a little better uh, really soon. Um, Yeah, he did practice in full, so keep an eye on that. I mean, between the two, though, I don't think if you can afford it, obviously, like you say, like the the Dean quote, we live in a a world of salary cap. uh, But if you can fit Waller in, like the ceiling gap that Waller has shown versus Hawkinson this season, like isn't even remotely close. I mean, Hawkinson has not really dropped like any type of haymaker game uh, this season for fantasy. He's just getting there where Waller. I mean, you look at the past three weeks, 200 yards, 75 yards, 150 yards, at least seven catches in each game. I mean, he's shown that he's got, you know, big time upside to have a really huge week, especially in a short slate too, where he's basically comparable to a lot of wide receivers on this slate. This actually what's funny is for a three game slate. The tight end pool is not bad here. This is not a bad group of tight ends. I mean, we've got Gronk, who's usable. George Kittle looks like he's going to play. Uh, outside of, you know, Dan Arnold, like, all these guys are kind of playable. Mike Kaseki looks like he's going to play. Like, so,
1: as far as the three game, it
2: could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse for tight ends. How
1: much is how much is Kittle, by the way? Renegade, we're going to get Dagle back in just a second. Did, he's just 5K
2: really... on DraftKings. It was
1: not priced up enough on DraftKings. What's up, Dagle? Welcome back. Yeah, so, what is the word? Wednesday night, stay tuned, yada, yada do we assume if he's going to play he's going to be basically a full go like they they wouldn't bring him back at half measures would they or maybe they would so one 40 mile per hour wins (laughs) here all of
3: a sudden i don't know what's happening if i go again i'm sorry i'll keep jumping back on two uh it was. It's funny because Kyle Shanahan said that he was going to let last week's game decide what they do with the rest of their players. They lose the game and then Kittle's practicing today and all beat reporters said he just looks like Jordan Kittle. Like he looks like he didn't miss a beat. So if he's healthy enough, it does sound like he's going to play. And let's be honest, 5K, especially on a mini slate with only Darren Waller to be confident in, is a pretty good option. Of course, he will come in very heavily owned if he does play. Um but I think it's a really good spot for the 49ers, uh, and and with their entire offense dwindled down, even from better with pretty much just uh, uh, Jeff Wilson at running back. Now we are on 49ers and Cardinals, by the way. Before I get into a spiel, right? We're just we're just talking about <laughs> all, all things, the place. You're all things Okay. So, uh, so Tevin Coleman and Jarrett McKinnon have combined for 48 special team snaps compared to 22 offensive snaps in their last two games. Like those dudes are just afterthoughts and that's what Raheem Mostert even banged up in that span. So I think Jeff Wilson is an amazing play, especially if you think the 49ers hang around with the Cardinals and then, uh, Tua uh, I'm really interested in if we get the injury report uh, good to go for Miami. Because remember, the two games prior to last week, the Dolphins passed 39 and 48 times with an increased no huddle rate. And last week, they did not do that. 26 pass attempts to 37 running back carries, but they were also missing Devontae Parker, Jakeen Grant, and Jasicki. If they get Parker and Jasicki back, I bet we do go back to seeing them play more no huddle and passing the ball through the air, even if Miles Gaskin's available. So that actually, his price, opens up a lot of the slate as well.
1: So that's something I'd really be interested in to monitor uh, Miami's injury report. I'm just looking through and it's so weird. They got three game slate and, you know, Rebar was talking about the tight end pool is not bad when you consider that. Lineup construction-wise, you know, if you get Kittle back, I don't think it's completely insane in tournaments to play two tight ends. Like, I, I don't think that's nuts. I think that's something that's playable. Uh, it's not it's- a
2: great receiver slate because, obviously, the end game, the late game, uh, you know, we, we have basically Nelson Aguilar and then, <laughs> Dagle said, all these banged up Miami guys, you know. So that kind of has two sides of a, of a game. And then with Arizona, we've only been able to play Hopkins. All the other guys are, are terrible uh like christian kirk is is not really like what we are you gonna do like who wants to click the christian kirk button at this point um happening. yeah and, i mean the 40s yeah go ahead <laughs> no i was saying
3: chase edmonds was like a game time decision and he out touched Kenyon drake it's like well i don't know who to trust there well so. he got hurt too that's true yeah uh so yeah. yeah it's just a it's just an odd situation really um definitely what's funny as reeb said uh Maybe not confidence, but it's a deep tight end pool. Like, so you could actually you be unique and differentiate in flexing a tight end because everyone's going to play the same too. You can still be different. Like I said, Tua Tusiokisiki, or uh, everyone suddenly down on Hawkinson, even though he was at least consistent until this point. Didn't didn't explode at any point, but he was consistent until last week. So yeah, I think there are a,
1: a lot of good options. The Saturday slate honestly is probably better than the Sunday slate. That is that that's not actually that's not nuts. That's not total hyperbole. Uh, and, yeah, let stay tuned as far as Miami if Parker and Gesicki are out. Maybe Bowden still is a thing to some degree. Uh, how much do we still love Ayuk? Ayuk is getting tons of volume still coming his way. And, you know, what? what 13 more targets last week, 16 previous to that, 9 before that, which is, which is thin, 14 and 10 before that. Uh, I presume Samuel is still out. Uh, the price on Ayuk got bumped up again, but he's been justifying it. Uh, what do you think, Reeves, as far as Ayuk? Is he still somebody you're in on? Yeah, so since week seven, only Tyreek Hill and Devonte Adams
2: average more PPR points per game than Ayuk. The question is just these moving parts. Have, what impacts him? We know he's still going to be the lead receiver, but if Kittle comes back, them changing over to CJ Beathard, uh, what does like those moving parts do for him? Uh, that's kind of the only question mark, and you know, kind of yet to be determined. Because when he played with Kittle early in the season, there wasn't a lot of positive correlation, but also very different circumstances for Ayuk the player you know, being a green, you know, rookie, uh, to where he is now, uh, no Debo Samuel kind of where the offense is right now in totality. I mean, the 49ers, like this team has just been ravaged the entire year. Uh, they're not even going home for Christmas, right? Like they it's, they're not even allowed. I don't think right. To travel back to California for Christmas. No, it's like 17 is there now
1: in in Arizona.
2: It's, it's like a disaster for them right now. This is a home game because
1: Arizona is their new home, right?
2: (laughs) And they're playing like, and you look at last week, I mean, they're, they were just dreadful against the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, since week eight, they are 30th in the NFL in rushing too. And this is like a team that we think like can rush on everybody in our heads, like just play these guys. And they've, they've been, they've been awful running the ball too. Uh, Their, their offensive line is bad. They've just lost so many guys over the course of the season. Um, But you never know, they might rally. Uh, Arizona has given them a ton of problems though the past two years when they were healthy and good. So I imagine Arizona is going to match up well here since, they, like I said, they've really taken them to the limit all three times. Well, they beat them in week one, and then last year when the 49ers were to the Super Bowl, Arizona took them to the limit both games. So, I mean, it it does seem that Cliff at least knows what he's doing against this defense, defensive scheme at least. Y'all already
3: (laughs) talked about uh, Dan Arnold, right? His name was mentioned in passing. I don't know if we talked about him. We 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 gave a head
1: nod as far as this. And
3: like like Kyler double stacks, like Dan Arnold has become Christian Kirk. Like he's just (laughs) the better play. The past four, the past three games, he's seeing the same types of targets as DeAndre Hopkins. Not as many, of course, but Kyler is all of a sudden trusting him to just lob the ball up for. 50-50 50-50 chances and hopefully come down with them as he has 50 receiving yards in two of his last three games. And if Max Williams doesn't play, he got injured last week, like Dan Arnold's going to run a ton of routes and just be on the field here. So I think he's actually a
1: great GPP option for Saturday. In the uh, in the Hoover, in the vacuum, what do you guys have? Uh, Rebar, what do you have for me? Jacobs or Swift? Who do you prefer? Uh,
2: I'll take I'll take Jacobs just because I don't, I don't think that this is like – it's really hard to draw – a ceiling performance for Swift here, you know, uh, know, he's, this is a game where I think even if he scores a touchdown, he might not get there uh, in this game. You know, I mean, this is, this is a tough spot for him. His one out that is a, he's a good receiver and Tampa Bay, the one like weakness, they're 27th in receiving points. Allowed per game to backfield, they allow the fewest yards from scrimmage to running backs. Uh, it's it's really tough. It's really tough to see them, especially as huge dogs too, uh, for Swift to like really have a ceiling game here. Where at least Jacobs, you can at least say if the game script lines up for them, Miami can be run on. He could get in the box once or twice. Uh, I'll I'll say if you twist my arm, I'll go one up on I'll
1: uh, go Jacobs. And uh, Dago, how much are we prioritizing Hopkins?
3: Oh, I would say. Quite highly. And I think, I don't think it's that hard to get there, especially because if you come down off Josh Jacobs, even if you play Josh Jacobs, uh, given what you play at Flex, you can fit DeAndre Hopkins on Saturday pretty easily. So I wouldn't even worry about getting too cute with him. I just uh, get unique around him. And it's interesting because if Fournette does come in as highly owned as we think he's going to, then the, the unique pivot probably would be double stacking Brady. And all you got to do is take the guys getting the money targets, right? Like Evans has six end zone targets. Gronk has seven end zone targets their last six games with Antonio Brown. Um, Antonio Brown's kind of interesting, but then again, we don't expect them to be down by three scores mid third quarter like they were last week and having to jam targets to everyone. Whereas Evans and Gronk have been consistent for a much longer period of time so I'm pretty confident double stacking Brady getting off four if that is the case if you want to go that route and then you can run back most likely with Marvin Jones who has just been phenomenal like at, 12, at least 12 targets in three of his last four games um eight is the outlier in that stretch and then second in the league in air yards per game and uh during that four four game stretch and he's not getting prayer yards like Jerry Judy like he's actually getting good efficient air yards for Matthew Stafford so pretty easy tournament stack there if you want to go that route
1: is not going to happen, right? Why couldn't they no. rule this guy out for the season like weeks ago? Like I don't and it's like McCaffrey. That's not happening either. Like there's no point. No. Joe uh, Mixon as well.
3: Not happening. Not uh, happening. Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> See y'all later.
1: <laughs> uh, that that was the three game Saturday slate. Let's move on to the ten game main slate. And yeah, I mean Atlanta KC clearly sticks out like a sore thumb because well, I mean if you look at the totals in the slate, Atlanta KC has got a four and a half total higher than anybody else. Uh, what Philly Dallas is forty nine and a half. KC Atlanta. It's 54, and, of course, those uh, points are not delegated out evenly. I believe Casey's got a team total around 32, 33. Of course, they are super expensive, Daigle. Uh, we're expecting CEH to be out. Lev Bell will take over the reins there. Uh, do we care, or we just want the pass catchers? So let's focus on Atlanta first. What do you have for me?
3: Oh, Atlanta is a tough one because – I did not expect them to come out and perform like that, especially Matt Ryan, basically a flawless performance against the Bucs last week. We know that the Bucs have been more of a pass funnel and seating, passing production, but for Matt Ryan to come out and basically th- three touchdowns and over 300 yards was, was crazy, especially without um, Julio Jones in that game. I don't, necessarily trust Russell Gage he does have 70 targets the past two weeks and Calvin Ridley continues sustaining on a 30 plus percent target share and over 50 percent of the team's air yards in this stretch but Calvin Ridley keeps afloat I still am somewhat concerned about Matt Ryan and the Falcons offense in the game having said that we can probably still trust them because even a negative game script we know this team wants to throw um eighth in the league still to this day in pass play rate when trailing so they're going to throw the ball a lot Calvin Ridley, we can trust. And then if you have any other options, I still prefer to avoid the other guys around Matt Ryan.
2: What do you have for me there, uh, uh, Rebar? Yeah, I'm a little more confident on the Atlanta side than Daigle oh. is. Uh, especially, you know, Dean brought it up a couple weeks ago when, when when they were playing the Dolphins, just about with Tua. I mean, you look at the Chiefs, so they haven't covered in six straight games. Some of these are backdoor covers, but teams are playing tight. They're not blowing anyone out. Uh, So teams are getting points on them. And there's just like when Tua came in with not a lot of weaponry, we're not excited, but because they have to pace so many points, guys are scoring points. I mean, you're talking about, look at the quarterbacks that are scoring 20 plus points on the Chiefs weekly. Teddy Bridgewater, Tua, Derek Carr, Tom Brady. All these guys, look at Drew Locke was the only one that hasn't gotten there in the past six games on this streak where teams have, you know, they haven't covered games. Uh, Matt Ryan obviously having that game last week does give us a little bit more confidence too as well. Uh, but the Chiefs don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And they're going to be throwing and they're going to have to chase points. So, as long as the weather's fine, I mean, I really have no problem, especially, you know, Matt, Matt Ryan's price. Uh, I think if you're stacking this game, it's a lot easier to go the Matt Ryan route and play Chiefs pass catchers than it is to play Mahomes with his pass catchers. You know, with Matt Ryan, you can play Ridley. And I saw Adam Levitan tweet that this is uh, Travis Kelsey's price on DraftKings is the highest tight end price in history of DraftKings. Uh, he passed surpassed Gronk one year. Uh, that was like 8,100 he's 85 uh, for good reason too, you know, based on all this performance. And then if we have this Tyreek Hill injury, it's Wednesday, like we always say. Uh, if Tyreek's injury kind of lingers on to the weekend and, you know, Tyreek is a Ferrari, man, like if he can't, he can't kick it into that, that, that super gear that, you know, that's kind of his bread and butter scoring those long touchdowns. I mean, on deep balls, he has double the passing touchdowns uh, receiving touchdowns than the next closest guy, which is, you know, Calvin Ridley or Justin Jefferson. Uh, with and Calvin Ridley uh, with four he has eight of them Uh, and Atlanta is a team that's been giving up a lot of big plays and we've seen it again with Antonio Brown and Mike Evans had a hundred his first hundred yard game in a game that Chris Godwin played in Uh, you know there's a a good chance I think that Atlanta can still score points Uh, the problem like you say the Chiefs guys are all expensive I don't know what we're going to do with this Tyreek injury. If we want to get on McCole Hardman, if we want to get on Demarcus Robinson and do this again, we've got this injury to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Before Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the the Chiefs picked up Le'Veon Bell. Clyde edwards E'Laire is averaging 21.3 touches per game. He wasn't getting there in the box. He wasn't getting those touchdowns, but like the opportunities for him were still there. like a like, yeah, it's like a fringe RB one level. Will we get that with Le'Veon Bell? Atlanta only running backs only scored 26 and a half percent of the PPR points against the Falcons that they've allowed. That's the lowest rate in the NFL. They have been kind of a pass funnel too as well. And then on the other side, listen, if you're game blocking this game, Raheem Morris, they're going to start, Edo you know, Smith. And he is just free. He's 4K and 5K on both sides. Am I endorsing you, Smith? I am not. I'm endorsing his price and opportunity in this game. That's all. So I I want to talk on that because if you are fairly confident in the Falcons
3: offense and like the spot, that's the unique way to get ownership on Ito Smith because everyone's going to play him in tournaments. Thus, you double stack with the confident in options. Matt Ryan, Ito, Calvin Ridley, because even in negative game script, that's why I wanted to play Ito Smith. Not only the price, but we know he's going to be out there as a pass catcher in any come from behind negative game script. Um, we're trending towards Todd Gurley potentially even being healthy scratched here. Todd Gurley, Brian Hill, both contracts are up at the end of the year. They have two games for to see what Ito Smith has even on a rookie deal. We'll see what happens injury report shakeout Sunday morning, but I'm pretty sure they actually are going to feature him. And I don't care about his carries whatsoever, even though he has averaged four and a half yards per carry over the last month. I just think he's going to be involved in the passing game. So that's a double stack. And then as we talk about weekly, um, you know, winning tournaments here, it's become really, you can confidently double stack offenses and not have their quarterbacks with them because they're confident players. We've seen it time and time again with Jefferson and cook with T Y Hilton and Jonathan Taylor. So the chiefs are also an amazing way to attack that Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill and, or uh Nicole Hardman. So that getting Matt Ryan involved, if you are confident in them actually is a very unique way to approach this game, especially because you have to have pieces. Uh, the chiefs, A team total is four points higher than anyone else on Sunday. Like they're they are just far and away the best offense to play this week. And so I just think you have to have at least two pieces from their team
1: in this slate. Yeah, I mean they're really interesting fades for you know the tournaments as well. But like Edo Smith, I'm fairly certain in my DFS career I'm like (laughs) oh for seventeen and get it and be on the right side of (laughs) Edo Smith. I've never never landed on the right side of him. Tiggle, you want to take a shot in this, uh, you know, if Hill is out and you would think KC would err on the side of caution, they're thinking about February, they're not thinking about this week necessarily. Uh, you know, is it Hardman? Is it Robinson? Is it Pringle season? Probably not. Watkins? Or it's it's just like throw some darts and who knows? So, Tyreek Hill only missed a few games
3: last year, and in those games, it was Smokey Hardman, and he did actually average over two yards per route run in place of uh, Tyreek Hill on the boundary, as opposed to when he got shoved to the inside and averaged fewer than one yard per route run. He's been a more efficient player in his career when he's been asked to play on the outside than the slot. Uh, a lot, I think, Sammy Watkins, if he comes in under own, will also be a very good pivot. Again, I want pieces of this offense, but at thirty-one hundred a slate that even with ito smith's baked in is still begging for for salary relief like it's so tough to go anywhere else like i'm totally
1: fine with hardman all right um i mean do we left bell will be excited or not so much doesn't sound like maybe he's really excited about left bell He's a, home,
2: he's a home running back of a 10-point ten, uh, the 10 point favorite. I mean, it's kind of one of those, like, the matchup's not good objectively, but it's, like, always a spot you would say you have to, right? Like, you have to have some because the spot screams, like, this is what lays out good fantasy. But he's got, uh, the, like Daniel said, the highest team total, 10-point home favorite. <laughs> running back. Yeah. I mean, he might pull a four net. Can, can catch the ball. Can catch the ball. Can yeah. ball, yeah. although I mean, last week's
3: like one target was disconcer like I would have
2: liked to see more than that but but yes can catch the ball can do yeah it. well that was one of the things when Clydeward Ziller got drafted and everyone was talking about the fit since Mahomes has been with the Chiefs they actually are not amongst like the high like league uh you know targeting running backs because Mahomes can uh complete passes to wide receivers and tight ends uh but they actually aren't like a heavy running back target team as much as people think they are they use their backs in the passing game in the red zone but in totality like Mahomes is good enough to get the ball to their actual playmakers
1: where's uh where's Kelsey at in terms of uh receiving yards compared to the all, all receiving people, including wide receivers. Is he, is he still in the NFL, one? right? I, I'm just pre- curious if so that narrative is still a thing. Is that still alive? I assume yeah, it is. He, yeah, I mean, he's got, first of all, he has eight catches in, in
2: seven straight games.
3: That's ridiculous. That seems like a it's lot. A-
2: it's only happened three other times in league history.
1: None were tight ends. Um, a couple of those were yeah. like those handoffs that are, that are catches, you know, with the air quotes, but we'll take them. Like, we'll take the full They, point they even line.
3: let him do an underhand throw like Mahomes this past week. They yes. just handed it off to him, and then he tried to do the underhand hook. Yeah. They just don't care inside the five, dude. They're just they're doing bored. whatever they they're want just, to
1: do. I think they're bored. Uh, you know, like just, yeah. they, they just want, to, they want the playoffs to start. They're having a good time. They all seem to be doing whatever uh, redraws up for them. Well, I guess, I mean, we were talking about Grant Ryan. I assume he's tied to Ridley. We like Ridley if you're going to pair that. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, mean, I, I didn't mean to ignore him or anything. Uh, I believe. what's his Well, name I think on both lost?
2: sides of this, you know, people are going to say, well, the, the, you know, Atlanta's been a bad matchup for tight ends, and, they, you know, they've had a run here where they played some good tight ends like Darren Waller and, you know, Gronk last week, guys that at least have been useful for fantasy, and they haven't done well. But, I mean, like, in the case – and the, on the other side, the, you know, the Chiefs have are been good against wide receivers, you know, all season long too. But in the case of Ridley and Kelsey, like, those are guys, like, you kind of, like, just don't really care. Like, the usage is so high and their performance has been so sturdy that, I mean, it's it's kind of locked in the opportunity they're going to get. Could they have a bad game due to variance? Yeah, but we know the opportunities they're going to have in their offense.
1: All right, Dago, you got anything else this game or shall we move on and talk about the affiliate Dallas? No, I – We always
3: sprinkle in Hayden Hurst at the end of these conversations every week, and I don't know why. Uh, You know what you're getting. If you want to play him, whatever. I'm never going to argue get someone playing a cheap tight end, but you know what you're getting. He's going to get one red zone target, and he could have one catch on the entire day for less than 10 yards, and you better hope it's a touchdown. That's pretty much it.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. I'm rooting for the guy as far as his back you know, his story and all that, but I don't think I'm rostering him in the UFS anytime soon. Uh, Anytime soon. All right, uh, let's talk about the second game of two that we're going to feature. Then we're going to talk about the slate as a whole. Uh, Philadelphia at Dallas. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, man. It's, 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 is it, it's it, right? This is it. Jalen Hurts. He's the guy. All of a sudden, he's ascended to the fantasy glory. He's been great in back-to-back matchups. Uh, I know he was on uh, Head Chopper's Millionaire Team. I believe we talked about Hurts last – I was on several shows, and I know we talked Hurts a, up a good bit. And, uh, yeah, w- w- why would we stop at, at, at Dallas? We're, we're back on board. Right, Rebar?
2: yeah i mean uh there's a good reason it's the cowboys uh you know anytime we talked about it last week and you know this is my brand anyways it's literally anytime (laughs) that you get any type of passing performance from these guys the ceiling is just hard to chase it's harder to to beat a ceiling like this and so i thought it was insane that they didn't bump as we talked about last week that it was crazy that they didn't price him up higher uh and you see the jump he made this week they were like oh yeah 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 oh we see what's going on but i actually think because of the circumstances that that happened last week, and his stealing performance, and everyone's talking about Jalen Hurts, I actually think that it's a great leverage play to just turn to Miles Sanders. This yes. Week. yes, I agree. Because one, we had the fact that the they had all that we talked about. They had a cluster of injuries in their secondary. Uh, no Roddy McLeod, no Avante Maddox, Darius Slay missed the game. They allowed eleven point three yards per pass attempt to Kyler Murray, a season high four hundred passing yards. Uh, they got shredded. Can Andy Dalton do this? Are, are, are the Cowboys <laughs> going to score 40 points and make Jalen Hurts chase them through the air? Because remember, the whole game they chased points. Yeah, Is that going to be the case this week? I have questions that that is uh, the case. God, Dallas did show up last week and was a functional offense, so fingers crossed. And they did show up against the Vikings a few weeks ago and had a nice back-and-forth game, so fingers crossed. But because Hurts's price has gone up, because everyone is excited about Jalen Hurts and everyone's talking about st- streaming him and he's a top five quarterback to play in seasonal leagues, play him over this guy. I've got kind of, all my questions this week. have all been around Jalen Hurts. Who do I play him over? Uh, but Dallas is horrendous against the run still, but, you know, 42% of the yards they allow has come via rushing. It's the highest rate in the NFL. Miles Sanders played hundred percent of snaps uh, Had 18 of 19 backfield touches. And it's
1: just, you know, a, a spot to go away and look at Miles Sanders this week. Yeah, uh, I happen to agree with that, especially for tournaments. I haven't built anything out. And, and you know, like you said, 44 throws last week. I, I will take the under on that. And everybody else take the under on that as far as 44 pass attempts. And that was because just uh, the script of the game kind of spoke to it. And uh, maybe it's more like the 30 against the more ones. Of course, he was still running the ball, uh, 11, 11 carries. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure how many of those are actually scripted. Oh, he's still good to play. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, it's still very, very solid. I mean, do we, do we play Dalton? Like you, you don't play Dalton. Do you rebar like that? You talk about the Konami code and that, that that's your brand. And that, that brand has expanded so much over the last everybody's that's good is Konami at this point. Right? Like, unless I'm missing Herbert, maybe he's a like good one outlier or something like that. Uh, but all the good quarterbacks are Konami at this point, unless I'm missing something yeah I mean well
2: like you know like so like the original like Konami Code uh article was written about guys that like really were were kind of you know quote they were just shitty passers but like they're okay. so no one wanted so no one wanted to play them, but they were good fantasy players you know the original article was about Tim Tebow and Terrell Pryor and how these guys were useful so like a great example of the Konami Code is what Taysom Hill was doing what Cam Newton was doing early in the season now what happened though is it's manifest and it's just I think natural evolution that we just have better athletes at quarterback now but now we're getting guys that not only can they run they're good passers too and when you pair of marry both worlds together that's when you're starting to see like these guys that just can't be paced you know i go back to like cam newton's 2015 2016 season when we won mvp like remember he was such an outlier because he was the only guy doing that like you couldn't like the pocket passers, even the good ones just couldn't even keep up with him. He was scoring mid 30s. Now we've got a handful of those guys that do that. But that's why, you know, mid round quarterback in season long leagues has replaced late round quarterback because these pocket passers, Aaron Rodgers is the only pocket passers here that is even coming close to on a weekly sustainability, like matching some of these guys. Uh, there's a clear cutoff of like the top passers and what they're able to do with their legs. Uh, and it's, it's changed, you know, fantasy football recently. And some people are still slow to it.
3: I was, I was going to say, that's why... Zacharyson, our buddy, is going to have to change his name to mid-round running quarterback because, like, (laughs) Kirk Cousins and Phillip Rivers, as good as they play, and and Tom Brady to some extent, they can't crack the top 12 because they don't have legs. Like, you have to pretty much toss for 304 TDs to crack the top 12 now, Um, especially because even someone like Cam Newton, if he throws for less than 100 yards a game, which he's done so often this season, he can't even crack the top 10 with his legs. It comes down to doing both now because so many players are doing it. To that point, though, Jalen Hurts, even in last week seven completions 20 plus yards downfield the dude just chucks the ball let alone 29 carries the past two games so it's of course it's everything we like in a quarterback in an up-tempo matchup in a game that the Eagles team total has also been increasing throughout the entire week the largest increase of any team this week on Sunday's slate so yeah you have to like them and Miles Sanders that was actually going to be my leverage conversation as well.
1: I assume this game has like playoff implications, which is I, I don't have a favorite team. Yeah, Dallas either. is not eliminated somehow, <laughs> which is just uh,
3: it, it, it's it's basically it's not they're not eliminated, but it's hard. It's very hard for all <laughs> yeah. of them to get in behind Washington if Washington doesn't take the crown. But like Washington can take the divisional crown this week, so hopefully we just put everyone else out of their misery because they don't like Colt McCoy in the playoffs. <laughs> so we're
1: not getting there, buddy. Oh, no, I wanted to keep going. I want to (laughs) draw draw it out as long as possible. I'm a fan of chaos when it's harmless chaos. Um, So Mm -hmm. the price has obviously bumped up for the running back situation here as far as Dallas, where Pollard is 6'5 on DK. It'll be 6'3 on Fanduel. Diggle. Is there still some value in that price? Uh, Is he still worth a look if we assume that Elliott doesn't play again this week? Or, again, who knows? It's Wednesday.
3: Oh, if we assume Elliott doesn't play, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they didn't even give another running back target to anyone else. The only other guy they had active behind them was Rico Dowdell, who pro, profiled as more of a fullback out of TCU. So, like, he's not even an option. It's just strictly Tony Pollard. My one concern, even though I liked Pollard in season long last week, was that it's just a bad situation. Like, it's still a bad offense behind a bad offensive line. And he did average under two and a half yards per carry up until his 40-yard pinwheeling touchdown. But that's what he can do when he's getting all the touches. Like, it only takes one because he's such an explosive player and, honestly, much more explosive than Zeke this year. His 31 fantasy points were more than Zeke has scored in any game this year, and Zeke is still fifth in the entire league among running backs in total touches. So, yes, if, if Zeke is definitely out, of course you're playing Paul. Like, that's, in my opinion, is not cheap enough.
2: And this Yeah, is not a, he DBS did practice today.
3: Oh, And Zeke and I practice. think he's going to play, by the way. I just, yeah, let's assume he's going to be out. But I do actually think he's going to play. And if that's the case, I would imagine he outtouches Pollard because he's still the 90 million elephant in the room. Like they McCarthy, when he agreed to coach his team, agreed that they will give the touches to Zeke. They are not getting away from that contract at all, no matter how much we want it to happen. Having said that, I bet Pollard still outperforms and outscores Zeke on fewer touches. But it doesn't matter because now it's 6,500, and that's not even really worth it.
2: Can't do the, it. The, the, the thing that's frustrating is that when you watch Pollard last week and how they used him, they don't use Elliott like that at all. Nope. And granted, there's a little bit of different skill set, but you know, they're throwing wheel routes to Tony Pollard and getting him downfield. His first touchdown, you know, they have him, you know, kind of come in motion. Uh, they're doing a lot of things. He Dalton missed him on a wide open play that could have been a huge gain, too. Uh, but they're just not using Zeke like that at all. And there's just no explosive plays, like Daigle said. But I do expect him uh, to play. Uh, unlike last week, where we got that free square, a free gift, he unlocked so much when Zeke was out. I was like, I had like a lineup I wanted to play in my head and couldn't get there. And the second he was out, I was like, Yes, I could do this. And uh,
1: we got there. A couple things, uh, so it's interesting last week if you looked at you know the high buy ins as opposed to the low buy ins, the difference in ownership of Pollard was just drastic because uh, it was so late. The people, you know, yeah. the general, general public is you know they're it's same thing with late swapping like he
2: was declared inactive at an active so you had what 90 minutes to, to to alter your approach how many people are doing that whether they're doing you know sunday church or whatever you know uh getting stuff with the family and just waiting for kickoff if you're on the west coast it's the morning <laughs> still you know uh so i mean and,
3: and admittedly <laughs> like i galaxy brained it um i didn't play him but i i still played Tannehill to get off henry and double stacked him Corey Davis and Jonu and then had Marvin Jones the run back so I still did really well but the obvious play would have been Tony Pollard over Gus
1: Edwards who guess who played him so <laughs> so since it's the same game I, I asked this question on Twitter this has nothing to do with DFS but I'm just curious uh, and if, obviously there's a money difference as well too uh, you have to take one of these two contracts you got to take one of two you got to take Wentz or you got to take Elliott which one are you taking
3: oh it's Wentz for me
2: yeah probably you have to right because it's you're like he's tradable like, no uh, he, he, well, you're not playing him <laughs> <laughs> you can't back up that much but people need quarterbacks yeah so i'll easily take him people need quarterbacks on the nfl stance people also, need running backs also like we all we all know that
3: like frank reich might grow philip rivers has one two years left at most we know <laughs> rivers
1: is going there right like it's already decided Oh, i'm not, sorry not rivers uh wince is going there Wentz, for sure reunion yeah. reuni- of sorts uh, all right, just give me this before we move on, uh, both of you guys. Uh, you know, Dangle, you go first. Your favorite receiver on both these teams, Philadelphia and Dallas.
3: <laughs> Trick questions. Oh, this actually – okay, so can I say Dallas Goddard, or are we talking like actual receiver?
1: <laughs> you show anybody who can catch a football.
3: All right, yeah. screw me. Let's let's burn right here. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is the best what? play among Philly's receivers. I know it's terrible. Uh, led the receivers in routes run had, uh, had at least 50 yards of DPI's left on the field because Jalen Rigger, unlike us does not judge. He looks around in his cast <laughs> and he just sees players running deep. He doesn't give a damn at all. And he was just chunking them to Jeffrey. who was drawing flags. So Jeffrey's still a deep threat among this offense and Zach Ertz and Jeffrey actually led the team in routes run because also, like 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 Hurts, Peterson doesn't see talented players either. He just plays his oldest veterans, and he runs them out there. So I think Jeffrey's fine if you want to get very unique. Not saying he's going to be my player pool, but that would be the player I pick for the Eagles. And then for the Cowboys, it is still Amore Cooper. Uh, CeeDee Lamb slightly more usage, more end zone targets, but also, remember, it took an onside kick for him to really get there.
1: All right. Uh, see Alshon Jeffrey and raise him. <laughs> can, you, can you top that rebar? can't. uh no uh no well remember uh he
2: got there at the end because rager got hurt at the end of the game they were fully featured rager for the first time and then he got hurt at the end of the game and came out and that the alshon started getting a lot more run uh in in sets there but uh i kind of want we have to follow the injury reports this week with this situation for two spots one we need to know if darius slay is going to play darius slay has just bagged amari cooper the last two years just straight bagged him not even not even been close and amari yeah, just yeah, it's 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 true. Okay. 5 yards last time they played, last year 3 Ooh. for 39. Uh it, and then Amari also in his career just against press corners has been that's his like one bugaboo. Like when he plays physical press corners, he hasn't been good. Then we've got Michael Gallup's injury. They say it's not serious, but again, we're at we, we're at this point in the season are they going to force him to play? We don't know. So you have to follow this hit pointer that he had and exit the game. If Darius Slay plays and Michael Gallup doesn't play, then that leaves a runway for CD L- Lamb to do something. And will it be good? I don't know. But at least there's a way you can say you could get there that way.
3: I thought you were going to say it's the runway for Noah Brown, six targets and no. one catch. I was like, no, please don't, please don't say that. Actually, but I mean, this really Eagles secondary—we're
2: where we were last year with this Eagles secondary. If Slade doesn't play, and we've seen it happen last week, because I, I was the only thing I, you know, was, was on last week was, yo, this Eagles secondary is gonna get shredded. And they're yes. absolutely gonna get shredded. And if Slade doesn't play again, like they just don't have the bodies. We're in a few spots like this. Jacksonville's been like this, and we'll talk about Allen Robinson. I'm sure Jacksonville's been like this the entire back half of the season. They lost three starting cornerbacks. Denver right now has lost five cornerbacks the past three weeks. And what we're happened on Saturday? That. What happened to them Saturday? They got absolutely demolished. They couldn't stop anyone through the air. Jake Kumro is running wide open down the like, <laughs> like it's we're in the we're in this part of the season where you've got all these cluster injuries just really impacting like a lot is happening. And if people aren't going to be on it, you have to pay attention to some of stuff, some of this stuff. So if Slay is out again, and then this is a problem, like you know, you at least we at least have to dabble on the Cowboys passing game.
1: Yeah, well, let's go there. You mentioned, uh, you know, let's pick on Denver as an option. Herbert, uh, of course, going back against – at home versus Denver this week. Uh, You got Lamar versus the Giants. Watson versus Cincy. If Cincy can keep up, that can be a fun game for sure. They can somehow find a way. And then, yeah, Trubisky against Jacksonville. You know, Rebar, the day – Jacksonville's not going to win or even attempt to – (laughs) James Robinson is not playing this week, right? I know running backs don't matter – but just to, just in case they might just a little bit, he's not playing, right? It's no no chance. They wrapped up the number one; they're good to go. They did say today, uh, Doug Marone did
2: say that he they were going to rest him in practice with the intent of playing that he was going to play. You know, no. he's chasing that all time record that uh, for yards from scrimmage for an undrafted player. Uh, no. You know, he's you know that that is within his grasp. Uh, so I think that that is something he would, he definitely would want. And that might be something that at least they would acquiesce in this season of terribleness in design terribleness to be fair. Um, but I mean, Trubisky is in a great spot. Like you said, I mean, you look at the bears under Mitchell Trubisky, the bears have scored a touchdown in 32% of their offense possessions, just 16% under Nick Foles. Uh, so doubled him up there. Uh, 18% of Mitchell Trubisky's pass attempts have come inside the red zone. That's the highest rate in the NFL. Uh, and then he is awesome on mid short to intermediate throws so far this season. Uh, he's third in the NFL in quarterback rating on throws within 15 yards, uh, 72% completion rate, 13 touchdowns, three interception. Jaguars are 31st in passing points for fantasy allowed on those pass attempts over the past two weeks. Mitchell Trubisky uh, the past three weeks, I should say, has faced the teams that are 30th and 32nd in Detroit and Houston as well and been hyper-efficient. So, yeah, I mean, there's a legit, like, you know, we're going to close 2020 with, like, a legit Bears onslaught because, you know, did Devante, David Montgomery has been awesome and then Alan Robinson's in a great revenge game spot in the spot we said. And then uh, the other quarterback that, uh, just to bring up, is, is Baker Mayfield. Uh, it's a bummer that Quinnen Williams is out. Quinnen Williams being out, I think, does, you know, help the Browns run the ball a little bit more effectively mm-hmm. and obviously, you know – the Jets have we we about them. They've, they've been good against the run. They are good against the run defense. Uh, they force teams to throw on them. They don't give up a lot of big plays on the ground. They've only allowed two, you know, running back touchdowns, uh, you know, since week six on the ground. And Baker's been hot. And then Baker's been hot against teams that really aren't good. And it's another team that really isn't good, uh, you know. Outside of the COVID Ravens, that's like the best like paper defense he's faced over this extreme hot streak where he's thrown for 308 yards per game uh, the past four weeks, uh, 10 touchdowns, the to one interception, and the Jets are you know dead last in pass defense EPA and they're 31st in passing points allowed per game. Uh, so to have Baker Mayfield in another spot where he they can just line up, and they've shown that they're willing to lead with the pass first against these teams like they did against the Jaguars like they did against the Titans so you know it might not be a lot in the second half of Baker but I think the Browns are definitely going to build that lead through the passing game
1: all right John anything you want to add as far as those guys that are thrown out there anybody else you want to add to the pool as far as quarterbacks
3: uh Justin Herbert's the only other one I will definitely have in my pool although I'm waiting to see how the Chargers injury report shakes out we talked about Josh Allen's scorching the Broncos fifth and sixth string corners, which they're going to be on again this week for 350 yards and two touchdowns through the air. Didn't even need or ask him to run the ball just because he didn't have to. And Herbert should be in the same situation. Um, This total is decreasing, but I still keep hitting it for whatever, for better or worse. And I still Mm -hmm. like it to go well over because also drew Locke. We know he wanted to go downfield, but he hasn't done that the past two games. He's only chucked three Attempts 20 plus yards downfield in the past two weeks. Whereas we know he's at least better in the shallow and intermediate level of the field. And if we don't get Keenan Allen, although I'd love to see Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler at full health, 10 days removed from an island game and injury, thus reducing their ownership, and I can play them with Justin Herbert. Um, Jalen Guyton's still an impressive player, 4 5'40 at his pro day. Uh, he had the sixth highest spark score among his wide receiver draft class last year in 2019. So I, I just think there's still good players, Tyron Johnson as well. You can play with Justin Herbert for cheap, and no one's going to be on this game, despite the fact
1: that Herbert could easily score Scorch them it's a weird week by the way you know running back uh, we're looking at assuming McCaffrey doesn't play Chubb and Montgomery are like the two most <laughs> expensive running backs in the slate and you mm-hmm. consider all the good running backs are playing all throughout and the Montgomery
3: week. isn't even like they didn't price Montgomery enough like the dude had 33 touches he's like he keeps on rattling off good games because of the schedule of course but like he's still performing
1: every single week and yet on DraftKings like for a guy who catches balls what 7,700 that's crazy there, there, there is still some sticker shock to that name. Like, you know, again, people wouldn't pay 5K like a month and a half ago. And I get it. It also kind of sort of makes sense here. Uh, do you, do you want to start? Feel free. Uh, <clears throat> John, you could give us the, the running back rundown. Who's popping for you? Feel free to get more as far as Montgomery. But what else do you have on your list that you're eyeing as far as, uh, you know, thin options, at least at the top?
3: I mean, that was it for Montgomery. They only asked Trubisky to throw 21 times last week. And against the Jaguars, completely decimated defense that we should fully expect to throw in the towel. Of, of course, compete to win, but just throw in the towel on talent. They, they have now in the driver's seat for Trevor Lawrence. They're, they're done. So maybe they just asked Montgomery to carry 30-plus times again. So he's a terrific play. And I, maybe he won't even have ownership again this week. Uh, Jonathan Taylor didn't get the Steelers bump, even though he probably should have. But the fact is, he's still being used over Naheem Hines significantly, and his his salary only reduced $100 against Pittsburgh. Maybe it's not the best matchup, and maybe that – is still too cheap, although Montgomery is the better player, but I think he should at least be considered in player pools. Uh, I already talked about Austin Eckler, of course, especially up 10 days of injury. Just a, a great player who, remember, would ha- led the league, led the Chargers as well in targets um, from the running back position prior to last week's game when he was limited in splitting with Kalen Balage. And then if you want to figure out the Rams situation, I would imagine it's Darren yeah. Henderson. Malcolm Brown out-snapped Henderson last week, but – And then again, this depends what you think game script will do. I think the Rams outright beat the Seahawks. Uh, Maybe Reeves has a lean here, but if that's the case and they at least compete, it would be Daryl Henderson over Brown because Brown is still just the
1: pass catching back. You would take that Reeves as far as uh, the Rams backfield? No makers. Oh, well,
2: well, I mean, you know, under McVay, they've they've always beaten Seattle. They have what one one loss, a one point loss uh, on a Thursday night game. They've kind of had their number, uh, especially defensively. Just because where the Rams are excel defensively is where Russell Wilson at his best. You know, on those deep throws, and they really stymied him downfield in that first matchup. He completed just two of nine. Uh, balls of 15 yards or further downfield that's where the Rams are the best they've only had one touchdown pass on those throws all season uh, so they do stymie them a little bit it, it just comes down to just you know they split those guys up on you know first early downs with Darrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown in passing situations Darrell Henderson has seven touches on third down all season uh, this year where Malcolm Brown has 32 percent of his touches on third down so we'd still probably see that uh, a little bit and Seattle's actually a pretty decent run defense too. But uh, yeah, I think that the Rams get back on trying to space that out. I tried to look at Daryl Henderson earlier in the week, and maybe I'll go back to him. Um, but there was, there's so many guys pricing that mid-range, like we talked about Le'Veon Bell, uh, even underneath, you know, Edo Smith <laughs> <as> like a, <laughs> a, a, a deep tournament dart. Uh, he's probably a J-
3: better fan to play, honestly, since like you said, we know he's not going to play much on third down
2: jk dobbins whatever he'll do in there gus edwards has still been too effective to really kind of give him a run when he's not catching passes uh to really give him a high ceiling um and then uh i think david johnson too is kind of interesting uh just because huge home favorite against the team that can't stop the run uh against the Bengals. i mean even in that that game on monday night they allowed 90 plus yards and a touchdown to benny snell uh, I don't think anything receiving-wise that David Johnson did against the Colts is real. Uh, he <laughs> yeah. had just—I mean, I, I wouldn't stock that at all. I just mean, like, you know, he's a another one of these guys. They said if you just look at the spot, he's a nine-point home favorite against a team that's really bad against the That's just like I'll just hold my nose and put that guy in on on some over ownership of projections um, and see what happens. You mentioned yet, w- Oh,
3: good. No, I was gonna say, and yet Gio is probably going to come in higher owned than uh david johnson just because he's cheap against the texans even though it's a horrendous spot and he just came off an island game with 25 carries that are also i don't put any stock in whatsoever
1: yeah i don't understand that one because you know the the previous game he fumbled like in the first play and he basically disappeared and he came back in prime time and they let him shine and he got two touchdowns and good for him and they didn't really have much behind him in williams and p ryan i suppose but i don't know what Cincinnati's doing as far as the running back situation they yeah. were upset a 24-year-old danced on paint pregame, apparently. That was the motivation. <laughs> so the name Snell was mentioned, and he's reasonably cheap. Uh, you know, he had a, you know, a good game in that, that offense for Pittsburgh, which is just looking dreadful these days. 5-3 on DK, I think he's like 5-4 or 5-5 on Fanduel. Is Snell kind of sort of interesting as a you know low to mid-tier guy? Or, you know, I'm assuming even if Connor's back, I guess it's a mess because they have McFarland that kind of works his way into it. Do we want any part of that? He's not going to be in my pool,
3: um, but like McFarland, they weren't factors. Snell still had 18 to 20 carries, but you basically, his skill set, you have to hope he has two touchdowns. Not even one will really get you there.
1: Oh, man. This feels, I mean, I know it's just a 10-game slate, but it feels like the thinnest running back pool we've had. I want to say the entire season. Yeah. It's just, it's rough, man. It might be one of those weeks where, and i am it's always uncomfortable for me, but playing, you guys mentioned it. I think somebody mentioned it earlier. As far as playing a receiver in the utility spot, they might might be that week, uh, and that's a good segue. Uh, let's get the receivers there rebar. And uh, hey, uh, you mentioned it, Alan Robinson's revenge game, and it's a fabulous matchup there against Jacksonville. And you know, we we talk about the Rams running backs, but I think more appealing, probably more likely, is to you know decide now. Good luck figuring out if it's Woods or Cobb, but one of them gets there. Maybe both. Who knows? Uh, start there, Robinson and the Rams receivers. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean,
2: Robinson's been, you know, a really solid, he's had a great floor all season. He's got, you know, what a 12 game streak of double digit PPR points, you know, but he's hit a hundred yards in just one of his past 10 games. Not a lot of ceiling spike weeks from Allen Robinson. This would be a, uh, a spot to potentially get one. I mean, so we, since week nine, uh, when the Jaguars started losing cornerbacks left and right, uh, wide receiver ones against them Kenny Galladay, uh, 100, 105 yards. Keenan Allen, 10 for 125. Will Fuller, 100 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Adams, eight catches and a touchdown. Deontay Johnson, 12 catches, 100 yards. Jarvis Landry, eight for 143 and one. Justin Jefferson, nine for 121 and one. A.J. Brown, seven, 112 and one. And even last week, Marquise Brown, six for 98 uh there i mean they just they're just they don't have any bodies on the back end uh to stop anybody through the air uh Mm -hmm. so pretty easy spot with his type of you know target level he has trickled up a little bit on both sites the past few weeks but still worth it i think where he's priced uh as far as the rams go i mean it has been we, we have largely known who's getting there it's been you know bob Uh, You know, you look at Cooper Cup, uh, he's got just three touchdowns on the season. He scored one touchdown in his past 10 games. Uh, He's been a wide receiver two or better in fantasy in just four games this season. Like, so I mean, he's, he's, he's not really been the guy that's offering you a lot the matchup does favor him though. Seattle has been a lot worse to like more interior options. He did have more yards than woods when these guys played earlier in the season when we were targeting Seattle on a weekly basis. Uh, You know, some strength of schedule has helped Seattle out, but to be fair to them, they also haven't let those guys get over on them either. You know, it's like one of those things, like we've talked about David Montgomery, right? Like his schedule has helped him out, but David Montgomery's also smashed in those games. It's not like he's barely getting by. So like, it's a positive, like one, when you exploit a good matchup, we want guys that when they have these great matchups that we look at, like when we talk about Miles Sanders earlier, like, we want guys that, when they have great matchups, to just obliterate them, and that's what David Montgomery's done. And for Seattle to at least not allow these vagabonds to get over on them is at least a signal that they have still improved, as well as you know being helped out. Uh, but I mean, it's you know all year though it's been Woods over Cup. He gets more targets. Uh, he's got twenty nine percent of the team targets over the past five games. He already has matched his career high in touchdowns. Uh, I mean it's been him. The matchup would favor Cup if you want to go there. But then we're back to trusting golf. Uh, you know, we'll see, you know, kind of what happens there. But uh I think golf cup being the cheaper guy and probably being worse all year helps him for
1: to be like the leverage guy, but that's kind of where we are right now. Uh Dago, feel free to add on or throw some more guys into the conversation because I, you know, I think that was a lot pretty pretty well said. But I'm sure you have a, a pool of receivers we're looking at this week. Not
3: too many, but I will say Landry sticks out, especially with this high team total. We talked about Baker being a good play, and perhaps a pivot off Nick Chubb, especially with Quentin Williams declared out. Uh, Landry on FanDuel is 700 more than Rashad Higgins, clearly the better play. But on DraftKings, Higgins is 2,100 cheaper. So I would argue Higgins mm. is the much better play. He's still second on the team in target share, red zone opportunities, and end zone looks behind Landry the past month since Cleveland got past that three-game weather storm streak. So Higgins' role still seems here to stay, especially since we know the Browns will attack and have success most likely through the air. Uh, Jameson Crowder will be my favorite run back. Um, Still ran the third most route for the team last week, but continued that rapport with Sam Darnold. Finally back at full health, it seems, and doubling up the next closest receiver in targets, 8-4. to And then... Deshaun Watson's play at the Bengals and Kiki QT is doing nothing but reaching his floor every single week. So why not? Uh DraftKings and Fandle aren't moving his salary really, although he is a much better play on DraftKings. So yeah, I, I like QT
1: as well. He leads the team in red zone and end zone targets since Will Fuller was suspended uh last three games. Yeah, Cooks is 7k now on Fandle and 6'1 uh for, for QT. So they bump up a little bit. You guys remember uh the Seattle Seahawks? You guys remember them? <laughs> no. What? Now what happened? Like they used to be like, wasn't Russ supposed to be the MVP like two months ago? Wasn't that supposed to happen too? still going to go another
2: year without getting an MVP vote.
1: Yep, man. Um, Uh, uh, Last week
3: had a season low in air yards per attempt. Like they were just trying to get the ball out of his hand as quickly as possible. And I mean, Aaron Donald single-handedly, is the same matchup, the same Washington front seven. So I would imagine they do that again. They're just going to dump the ball off,
1: making DK and Lockett just useless still. Uh, T Higgins looks like a guy that can be kind of an interesting, especially as a run back. I don't know if it helps him or hurts him if Boyd is out. I guess he would get more throws his way, but the efficiency might take a hit. Uh, if you have a thought on that, feel free by all means. And I think Terry McLaurin, I mean, we, we got to pick on Carolina, don't, don't we, Rebar?
2: Yeah, I mean, McLaurin bounced back, you know, his target share versus Haskins with Haskins versus Alex Smith is, uh, you know, what, 4% higher. Uh, The thing about Terry McLaurin, though, three touchdowns all year, man. I mean, they like, and they're all long yeah. touchdowns. There are no like freebies. There are no end zone targets to really be had. I think that's the biggest problem with Terry McLaurin price is prices. There's not a lot of touchdown upside for him. There hasn't been so far. I mean, I'm you know, maybe this is the week you play on that variance. Like we talked about for the show about waiting touchdowns. Uh, but the fact that they are weighted, you know, does hurt him uh, in that regard. Uh, I love the Higgins call. He's act, he actually has more yardage than Landry in five of their past seven games, uh, despite the target disparity. Uh, so definitely on DraftKings, I think Rashad Higgins is a really interesting play. Uh, we talked about just the Seattle matchup versus the Rams, though. It's just a really bad matchup. Like, the Seattle, where the Rams are excellent is defending the vertical pass. And that's where you would want to play D-game at calf. And that's where you would want to play Tyler Lockett. And it's just not that exciting. And Where's the upside? Where's it been? Outside of that game against the Jets where Russ had the four touchdowns. I mean, he hasn't gotten there you know so it's really hard to say i don't think it's a week i'll even be entertaining playing dk metcalf uh as a contrarian play because i think that's really all he is uh qt good play we talked about the chiefs guys um i mean that's kind of where we are uh the the Steelers guys i mean if you want to keep just playing the volume i mean listen i mean it seems like everyone wants to dunk on deontay johnson and that's fine hmm. but like Dude keeps getting 12 targets a game and they're playing a team that only plays cover two and they only play zone coverage. So, I mean, guess what's going to happen? Like him and Juju are going to a bunch of targets again. Uh, so, I mean, it, you really count on, I think Deontay Johnson getting just the slew of targets again in the zone based defense that the Colts are on.
3: Uh, and, and on Haskins as well, like, Maybe uh, game script dictates what happens here, but I can't imagine he'll be afforded 55 pass attempts again. Like it took 55 pass attempts, he didn't get to 300 yards, and then he just shoved Land um, Thomas and McLaurin double-digit targets. So I, I just and and McKissick, by the way. So I just can't <laughs> imagine that kind of game script working itself out again either.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. He took, he took the first team reps on Wednesday, for what it's worth. Alex Smith, who really knows. State Had a good on time that. on
3: the weekend and took the first team reps. He's
1: living the life, hanging out with James Harden somewhere. Um, so let's pivot to tight end. It, as always, like it's Travis Kelsey is much easier to get on Fandle than he is on DK. I ran my optimals and forty-eight uh, percent on Fandle and you know seventeen percent on DK. Again, this is on Wednesday night. Lots of stuff happens. Uh, let's talk for DK specifically here, Daigle. Uh, you mentioned Dallas Goddard, like He's, he's no uh, Alshon Jeffrey, but he's also a pass-catching receiver there for Philadelphia. Pretty reasonable price. Fant finally looked good, like how that Fan finally had his moment. Like he's been dealing with injuries and goofy stuff, and he left the game a couple weeks ago because he was not feeling well. I'm, uh, I mean, I played way too much commit last week. I feel like there might be some flop lag there against Jacksonville, and I don't want to miss out on it. Some FOMO there, uh, and I still believe Akins. Like I think Jordan Akins is cheap enough. I think he's kind of sort of so interesting there against Cincinnati. Uh, Sore throw it as far as the tight ends. Well, what is your read? Not too big of a pull this week, to be honest. Uh, you hit on
3: one. Dallas Goddard, I think, is a great stack with Jalen Hurts if you go that route. If only because he's seen at least six targets in six consecutive games and 14 targets the past two weeks from Jalen Hurts. He's still on the field despite the fact he's running fewer routes than Zach Ertz, And it's more or less that Zach Hurts is actually opening up the field for Goddard because he's still been successful and has standalone value as a as a top 12 tight end when Ertz is on the field. So I think that's fine. I'll probably still, like, don't get me wrong, Kelsey's so expensive on DK. We've already talked about him, but I'm still very interested to try to find a way up to him. And then mm-hmm. uh, Noah Fant, I think, is a great run back if you play Justin Herbert or any Chargers skinny stacks. Like, Drew Locke, like I said, has not been throwing deep the past few games, and but he is accurate underneath the intermediate level of the field where, slant, where Fant runs those crossing routes underneath. And he just... Targeting Fant. Unlike Judy and the rest of these guys who are struggling from prairie yards, Fant is actually getting accurate targets and getting fed heavily. So I like Fant a lot this week as well. I will say one caveat. I think a lot of people want to play, I could be wrong here, Austin Hooper. But remember that like Austin Hooper had nine targets in three games prior to last week and then emerged last week with six targets. It's like, it's just a fake target tree. So I would not buy into that.
1: They still have three tight ends that are pass catchers there in Cleveland too. I guess it's worth noting. I, I did not check the, the routes run and all that, but I can joke who as far as I know is still a thing. And I guess Harrison Bryant is still a person and available. Uh, is it, you're just saying there's a goofy variance. Is that, is yeah. That what that yeah means?
3: I mean, like, yeah, the, for the past month, once they escaped that weather run, it seemed like Baker started targeting wide receivers as a whole more and getting away from all of his tight ends. Uh, and Hooper popped up last week. I know. And he's cheap on DK, but that's the one. Like I said, every week I fight against one person against the models. Um, that's my model
1: person I'm fighting against this week. Anybody you're fighting against there, Rebar? Is there anybody that, that we didn't miss or we, we, we didn't focus on as far as tight ends? Um, I mean, Andrew Thomas. We don't think Thomas is going to repeat all those targets again, and he did get a price bump as well too. Uh, we got to finish strong somehow. This is uh, no, good luck. No, no. Just nope. of names. <laughs> now we do it every week, man. I mean, it's literally,
2: especially like we said, all most of the the, the adequate tight ends are on Saturday, uh, and it's uh, Kelsey and a big jump this week, you know, because you've got Andrews and Andrews. I think it's fine if you want to go to him, but we're going to be paying for these other spots. because There's not a lot of value at the other positions that like we feel confident in, uh, you know, unless one of these running back spots opens up for us that we feel really good about. But we'll see. Uh, and even at receivers, I feel like there's not a great cheap wide receiver week. So especially on like a site like DraftKings, like you've got. Hooper at three, five Komet at three. It's hard to make an argument for our either one, but at least at, at, at three and three, five, you can at least, you know, kind of just hold your candle on some targets and saying like, there's a chance they can get double digit points and maybe fall in the end zone. But, uh, uh, Logan Thomas got a lot of targets the last three games, but, uh, I don't like that 6k and four, nine. I don't really like that area of pay, like i don't want to i don't want to allocate my salary uh that kind of salary to a tight end if i'm not going to have like
1: real confidence in the guy being good that's pretty much where i'm at i think it's pretty i'm generally high low when it comes to tight end uh and because the low to mid-tier guys are all basically kind of sort of the same they're all just not travis kelsey all right uh that's the show we appreciate you guys watching Uh, do hit the like button subscribe the whole deal turn on notifications and uh, follow these guys. I mean, they are just let's for the one person out there that's watching, John, tell the people where they can find your stuff or they can find you on Twitter, the whole deal.
3: Merry Christmas. Uh, I can't imagine you don't know where to find me in week 16, but just in <laughs> case, at Nod naja on Twitter, Rotor World Football Podcast, and of course, Rotor World.com, And always here on Wednesday night with my friends,
2: Rich. Yep. SharpFootballAnalysis.com. Uh, you know, we're wrapping up the season, uh, getting into the playoffs, all uh, postseason stuff will all be free this year. All the worksheet write-ups and game write-ups and stuff. So look forward to that when we clear these two weeks and then really just happy holidays, everybody.
1: Yeah. I second that as well. We're at third that uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever y'all celebrate, enjoy yourself. Everybody stay safe. Have a good time. Enjoy your football. Enjoy your week. That was Rich. That was John. I was Dean. This was football. Thanks for watching. We're out of here. Holler.